Welcome to Life. This is episode two, and today I'm here with one of my best friends, Shanna Snyder, now Shanna Hawk. She's gotten married, and we're literally sitting on the couch that we had together at our old apartment two years ago. And so this is just like old times. We're going to be talking about friendship and what marriage has been like for her. And I'm really excited for this conversation because these conversations that we've had on this couch years before have just shaped me and formed me as a person and um, just shaped our friendship a lot. And so I think this is going to be a really fun one. Shanna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so fun because we get to be in person for this. And so we have to start by how we know each other. And I want to hear your side of the story first. (laughs) Yes. So we both went to Truman State. Go dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Um, And I had transferred there after one year of community college. And so I lived on the transfer floor. And I'm not really sure how you got there, but you also lived on the transfer floor. Me either. So crazy. I, me and my roommate were both incoming freshmen. Somehow we got mixed up and stuck on the transfer floor. So all of our friends were transfer students, which was just like (laughs) weird, but it worked out because here we are. Yes. I remember like meeting you and your roommate and thinking you guys were super cool. I think we like maybe talked about The Bachelor a little bit. You both had like really cool sporty tennis shoes. (laughs) That's what I remember. That was like my first impression of you. Um, But that first year we weren't like super close friends. You definitely were friends with my college roommate. Mm -hmm. Um, So we saw each other a lot in passing. And then I remember the next year, so our second year at Truman, it was like the first day back or something. And I walked outside and with our like college ministry friends, you were playing volleyball and you like ran up to me and were like, oh my gosh, like Shanna, how are you? And you gave me a hug. And I remember thinking, oh, I didn't realize we were like friends. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) But you were so nice. And I was like, all right, we're going to get coffee. And I feel like that year I was really determined like to make friends Mm -hmm. um, and come out of my shell a little bit. And then we got coffee mm-hmm. at this cute coffee shop, Sweet Expressions. And I'm not even really sure what we talked about that day, mm-hmm. but I just remember leaving and being like, yes, we're going to be good friends. Like yeah. it just felt so fulfilling mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, I remember the first year, a lot of people became friends really fast. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of like hanging back and not really pursuing friendships because I was like, All of these are going to fizzle out. And sure enough, after a couple months, there was like a ton of drama on our floor. Um, But I remember the first year not really like investing in friendships just because I didn't know which ones would stick. Mm -hmm. And then coming, we both, you know, went and did our separate things that summer, came back. And I remember being excited to see you because I hadn't seen you all summer. And I had just had a really transformative summer kind of establishing my relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. um, I felt like really confident in just who God had made me to be. And I was like eager to hear about your summer. And I remember you were really intentional about reaching out and like setting a time to get coffee Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's something that has made our friendship last is you are very good about reaching out and being like, when are we going to do this? And what are we doing? You're very intentional. And I am like, always going to say yes if someone asks me to do something, but I'm never going to like set it up. (laughs) So it just worked out. And um, I also remember like that day at the coffee shop feeling like 
we just had such a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Like it was so deep and we were talking about things that mattered and we were talking about what God had been in, like had done in our lives that summer. And it was just like, so cool. It was one of those conversations you leave and you're like, wow, that was so fun. Like I'm so ready to go live life. I remember like going back to my dorm and telling my now husband, Jordan, I said, I think Brianna and I are going to be best friends. Like I just knew after that, which is crazy because we had known each other the whole year prior, Mm -hmm. but like never really connected. And God like put us there in that moment. And the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, we are so different. You would agree with this. (laughs) We are like such different people. And I think in high school, we never would have been friends just because Mm -hmm. we would have been in different groups. But like, it's so cool because now that we're friends, I like can see the way that God has used our differences to like almost shape us. And like, we've had really good conversations because we come at it from such a different angle. And, um, like when I was younger, I would seek out friends that, that were like me. And I think like our friendship has shown me the value in seeking out people that are different than me and how those friendships like really do change you and for the best. And it's been so fun. Yeah, we definitely sharpen one another, I Mm -hmm. feel like, where I'm lacking. I feel like you, those are your strengths. And yeah, I just really appreciate your friendship. Yes. And so you mentioned Jordan, and that's a whole story. And so (laughs) um, first, just how did you meet him? Yeah. So by the grace of God, Jordan Mm -hmm. was also in the transfer floor at Truman, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really sweet because I feel like most people transfer after two years of community college. And we both like did one year community college and transferred to Truman. And he kind of picked it like a couple months before the school year started. And so it just all like worked out. Um, But I remember I first saw a picture of him we were all added to like this facebook group um that was like ryle hall two south whatever um and so you could like see who was going to live on your floor before you moved in in my at the time like my future roommate at the time had Mm -hmm. like sent me a picture of jordan because he was in the facebook group and was like oh i think this guy lives on our floor and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna date him (laughs) So yeah, then I married him, big flex, (laughs) but I already had my eye on him like before we even got Mm -hmm. to Truman and then he lived on our floor and was kind of like a mystery. I think you might Mm -hmm. agree with that. He was very like stoic and very quiet. Um, And I just, that was a mystery I just had to solve. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember that he like very mysterious. You would see Mm -hmm. him around, but you didn't really know anything about him. No. Um, and so you guys met then started dating like December, January Mm -hmm. of that first year. Yeah. And this was a whole thing because Shanna was like a Christian plugged into a campus ministry. Um, and there was a lot of confusion around her dating a non-Christian because Jordan Mm -hmm. at the time would probably say he was a non-Christian. And um, so there was just like a lot of confusion around like, why are you dating someone that believes something different than you? Mm -hmm. And I mean, as your friend at the time, I like, I didn't really know the answer to it. And I should preface this by saying like, 
we are not here to answer this question for people. I don't know what mm-hmm. the answer is, but I want to tell like Jordan's story because it is so God honoring and like God glorifying because only God could have, could have done in his life what he did. And so I want you to talk about um, Jordan's journey coming to Christ and mm-hmm. your part in it. And yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. I want to start off by saying like, this is obviously Jordan's journey through my eyes. And when I get to hear him tell this story, different parts are highlighted (laughs) and it's not quite the same. So this is obviously from my perspective. Um, But goodness, where to even begin it? It's quite a, a long one. I would say like when I first, we first started dating, I like did feel kind of convicted of like, okay, Jordan's not a Christian. Where is this really going to go? I kind of thought it was going to be just like a good time, maybe not a long time. Um, But like God is so good and knew that this was going to be like the way that he wanted um, to use us and to bring Jordan to know him. So I will say like the, the husband I'm married to today is not the person that I met five years ago at this point whatsoever. And I'm not the same person either. And so it's been Mm -hmm. cool to kind of grow together. Um, But basically we dated for like maybe a month. And then I went to a college ministry thing called New Year's conference. And when I was there, I, and you were also there. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) When we were there, I started to feel some conviction and like, okay, I need to like be better about going to church. And this is a conversation I really want to like have with Jordan. And so um, I remember when I was heading back from that conference, we met up in Springfield since it was winter break and we got like lunch together at some restaurant. And I, we'd only been dating for a month, but I told him like, I don't think I would like marry someone if they didn't come to church with me. And I think I couldn't say like, if they're not a Christian, Mm -hmm. because I just knew he wouldn't quite understand that. So the best way I could vocalize that was to say, you need to come to church with me. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay. Um, and so we started going to church on Sundays and he hated it. Like I could just tell, um, it was not a great time, but I like was praying for him and I was pretty committed to, I'm going to continually bring this to the Lord. Like, God, if you don't want me to do this and you want me to step out, like, please show me. And I felt like God just kept affirming me Mm -hmm. um, in my decision to date Jordan and pray for him and invite him to church. And so it was a long journey. Um, At some point we had another like college ministry conference Mm -hmm. and I was like really praying that Jordan would come. And I asked him so many times (laughs) and he said no. And I prayed so many times and he said no. And then it was the day of I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. I know I told you some really long story, so buckle up. But (laughs) it was the day of, and I was like, are you sure you don't want to go? And he was like, yeah, I definitely don't want to go. And I like packed up all my stuff. And so he walked me to the parking lot of the student union building at Truman. And in the parking lot, everyone was like loading up their cars. And so there were some um, like guys there and our campus director. And we were all just like getting in the car and, oh gosh, Jordan, they were like, Hey man, we got an extra seat. You want to come? And he's like, no, no, that's okay. And he was kind of laughing it off. And then he like walked away and I texted him and I was like, no, I called him. I called him and I was like, just checking, like, 
are you sure you don't want to come? And he's like, actually, yeah, I do. I'm buying a burrito right now. But like, let me run back to my dorm. And he literally threw like one pair of clothes in a bag and he got in the car and we went to this conference. And looking back, I'm just like, Jordan, at least to me, does not seem like the type of guy that like do things on a whim. Yeah. And so it was like crazy that he literally like ran back to his dorm, like got clothes, got in the car and we left. Mm -hmm. And I mean, only God could like nudge him in that way to get him to do that. Yeah. And it was so cool because it was like, I had prayed for this, but God answered it better than I could have ever imagined. Like Mm -hmm. it was so much cooler Mm -hmm. that he came at the last minute um, and got to hear for a weekend, like the gospel and be around other Christians. And after he left, um, we left that conference, he bought his first Bible which I thought was just so cool. And so that was definitely a key moment in his journey. And then after that, I think, you know, I was kind of expecting like, you're going to become a Christian right away. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't happen like that, but we were able to like pray for him mm-hmm. and love him really well. I feel like, and it was still another, it was a year later at that same conference. Mm-hmm. Um, that after praying for him and inviting him to things and coming to church that at that same, like a getaway a year later is when he came to Christ. Mm-hmm. Man, it was so crazy too, because I mean, in that year, I remember times like of us just sitting in your dorm room and like you telling me, like updating me on just like how your rela- your relationship was going. And, um, you know, you said like Jordan bought a Bible and, I remember being so hopeful, like, and, and wanting to tell you, like, God's going to save him. Like, God's going to mm-hmm. change his life. But, like, I really had no idea. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And it was scary as your friend because I was like, if this doesn't work out, like, this is going to crush you. This is mm-hmm. going to be really hard because you've invested, like, obviously, everything that comes with a relationship, like, time and effort into this relationship. But then also you invested like a lot of spiritual hope into this relationship Mm -hmm. hoping that God was gonna change his life and um and it was just crazy like I remember the the conference that he ended up like surrendering his life to Christ at he we really all felt like God was really pressing in on him Mm -hmm. and he was asking like so many questions and um just like really searching I felt like and I remember praying with you that night I think Mm -hmm. and yeah praying with you that night and just like like speaking truth over the situation like God is gonna do something here like God is moving in him and but we were still like is he (laughs) is anything gonna happen and um just I mean that year like what was that year like for you I guess I should ask because um he came to that conference and you thought that that was going to be the moment that he mm-hmm. surrendered his life to Christ and it ended up being a year later. So what was that year like? Yeah, I think actually that was a really be- like beautiful and sweet year. I think I, I've tried to explain this to so many people and I just can't put into words this feeling of like, I would continually like come before the Lord. I would say like, almost every single day and try and surrender this relationship and say, God, like, is this actually where you want me? Like, do you want to use me in this? And I would pray that God would use me and that God would save Jordan. Um, And I feel like the Lord did a lot through that. 
but I can't explain the, just like the affirmations I got from God. It, whether it was like, I would pray like, God, do you really want me to do this? And then that day, Jordan would ask some sort of deep question about the gospel, which told me like, yes. Or it was just this feeling of like, there really wasn't a moment where I felt like God wasn't going to save Jordan. And I know that he never promised that to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from, but I really felt like the spirit, like the Lord gave me peace in the fact that at some point it was going to happen. Um, so that's really hard to put into words, but I think that's what made that year so sweet was it wasn't like, God, are you going to do this? It was kind of like, God, I'm trusting that you are. Mm -hmm. And so when is it going to be? Um, and even in that year, like, I know we kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but there was that, um, conference over winter break, that new year's conference before Jordan became a Christian. And I prayed and prayed and prayed that he would come asked him. He wasn't going to come, wasn't going to come. I basically was like, you need to sign up tonight. It's the deadline. And he kind of signed up and was like, I really didn't want to do that. It's too expensive. Like, I I don't know why. And I remember that night crying and saying, God, yeah, he signed up to come, but this isn't how I wanted it. Like I wanted to want him, like for him to want to come. Mm -hmm. And then of course that night I started a GoFundMe I shared it with like 15 college students. It's like 11 p.m. I woke up at 7 a.m. and somebody had anonymously donated like $150 of like the $200. And so once again, it was like, just like the, you know, um, when we went to that winter conference, like earlier in the year, I had prayed and prayed and prayed and felt like God told me no. And then he answered that prayer better than I could have ever imagined with Jordan jumping in the car last minute. And then this was like, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I felt like, you know, I was being told no, but then God answered it even better by the fact that then he got to go like completely paid for, Mm -hmm. which was just so sweet. So I feel like through all of those things, it wasn't just like I had to wait one year and saw no growth at all. I was constantly seeing like the spirit work in Jordan and seeing him become more of the man that he is today. And that was like such a beautiful time and brought a lot of hope. Yeah. And so he came to Christ like the spring of that year. And then you guys got married. How long after that? Uh, It would have been like, a year and a couple, wait, let me think about that. He would have come to Christ February, 2019 and we got married April, 2021. So two years. Yeah. Yeah. And I bring that up because, you know, he surrendered his life to Christ, Mm -hmm. but it's not just like everything's great after that. There's a lot of growth that happens after that of kind of reprioritizing your life Mm -hmm. um, to align with like the truth that Jesus is your savior and he saves you from your sins, but he's also the Lord over your life and um, prioritizing your life to reflect that. And so can you talk about what that was like? Because, um, yeah, talk about what that was like. I think for me, that was scary because I was like, well, shoot, this entire time we've been dating for like over a year, I've been like leading us. Mm -hmm. And so now that Jordan's a Christian, Like, is he going to notice all the ways that I failed in leading us and all the like sinful things that I did? And that like definitely wasn't the case, but I was definitely like afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, I think after he came to Christ, it was like joyful for a moment. Mm -hmm. I remember telling you about it and being so excited. And then I was just quite honestly scared. Um, But that summer, we both went to like a college ministry training program, which was really, really difficult 
and tested us in a lot of ways. And so I think that was a cool time because Jordan got to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with other um, like Christian men and get to process a lot of those things separately, um, like without me there, which is previously like, you know, I was kind of praying for him and inviting him to things. And so it was a good summer in the fact that he got to kind of work through those things um, without me even though that was a very difficult summer for me. And then I feel like when we went back to school that fall, like God had just done so much in his life that at that point it felt like that initial period of like becoming a Christian and all the the highs and lows that come with that had passed almost a little bit and it was a little bit more steady. So, yeah. And I think, I think that's a fear a lot of people have when they start investing in their relationship with God or learning about God is they're afraid they're going to lose a big part of, themselves mm-hmm. and in like you were kind of saying you were afraid like Jordan might change or and I think the beauty of it is that God we become more of the person that God created us to be and we are most satisfied in that but also um like you're more of a blessing to others and I think that like I remember seeing Jordan and being around Jordan before that summer and then at the end of that summer we got to meet up with you guys in Colorado in just like going on a hike with him, I was like, wow, he is like matured and blossomed into, like you said, the man that God created him to be and um, was just so fun to be around. And not that he wasn't before, but just had opened up more and we got to see more of his personality and probably the side of him that you got to see all along. Um, And so crazy because I like got to see all of this unfold. And I remember standing up with you guys on your wedding day and watching you take communion together and like literally crying because it was surreal that God had changed Jordan's life so much in like those years that he was now like, like leading his wife in communion. And like, you guys were praying together. And I was just like, I could have never imagined that that would happen. Like never my freshman year of college would I have been like, that guy's going to come to Christ. He's going to marry one of my best friends and he's going to be like this great godly guy. And there he was like taking communion and I'll just never forget that. It was, it was awesome. And I like wanted to start off by sharing that story because that's a big um, memory I have like in our friendship. And I think it's so God honoring and God glorifying, like, wow, only God could do that in somebody's life. Like, you could have never done that in Jordan's life. Like nobody else could have, only God could do that. And it's so cool. Yeah. Such a sweet like reminder of the gospel. And it's cool to like be married to him now. Thank the Lord. And um, like get to look at him with that reminder of like how much God's done in his life. And so very, very sweet. And how faithful God was to your prayers. All those prayers you prayed, you know, God was good and faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And so, Let's flash back a little bit. Before you got married, we both, our timing at Truman lined up perfectly. And I had, I was graduating a semester early and you had one semester left. So we were both going to graduate in December of 2020. And so we moved back to school for our last like year at school. And really all of our friends, like our Bible study, everybody was gone. Like everybody had graduated, moved on and we were there together and we actually lived together that last year. So I want to talk about that life as roommates and like this couch that we're sitting on was in that apartment and we had so many conversations on it over coffee in the morning, 
um, just like unpacking our life problems. And so I want to talk about friendship and um, what that year was like because you were engaged in preparing for marriage and preparing for like moving to a new city. And I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life (laughs) at the time. And so that came later. But um, yeah, just what was that year like as far as preparing for marriage and also just like um, finding closure in leaving college? Yeah. Well, first of all, like living with you was the sweetest. That was so fun. So fun. fun. Such a sweet time. And like, um, having girls nights, either watching chick flicks or going out to dinner and getting drinks Mm -hmm. and just such a fun, fun time. Um, I wouldn't trade that time for anything in the world. And so I was very thankful, like to have you there with me, especially because, you know, Kirksville is kind of a smaller place, (laughs) not a ton to do. And so it was like, so sweet to have you there. Um, I would say in terms of like preparing for marriage, um, and you got to witness this firsthand, (laughs) I like had a little bit of a hard time, not in the fact of like being afraid to get married, but I like really was nervous about trivial things. (laughs) And I I have to interject here. Yes. Because I remember you had a a list on your phone Uh of things like you were going to miss when you got married. And like, number one was your last name. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember being like, really? Like, I I understand, but I was like, so single. And so I was like, I mean, I'll get married (laughs) if you don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, I had on that list, I had like my name, my bedding was on there. Um, like watching chick flicks, like a bunch of things that I still get to do. But I was like, really mourning the loss of singleness. Um, and I think it, I'm sure everybody has to go through that, but kind of a unique thing was that I was only 22. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have like a ton of time. And Jordan and I had started dating when we were 19. Yeah. So like, really, I didn't have that kind of adult girl time to just like do all these fun things yeah. or things that I thought like fun single girls would do. Yeah. And so there was a lot of things that I had to mourn. Um, I'm trying to even think what else was on that list. I know it was, oh, my red kitchen. Our kitchen was red (laughs) and Jordan didn't want a red kitchen. Like it's just the little things, but it felt like my entire life was changing. And so I think my like tendency was to grasp on to any little thing that was going to change and try and like really savor it that year. And I can tell you with full assurance, I do not miss the red kitchen. (laughs) My bedding is great. I still get to watch chick flicks. <laughs> I was just thinking your bedding is pink. <laughs> it's still pink, yes. We went to gray for a little bit, and then I said, no, this sucks. So we're back at pink. Um, shout out to Jordan for putting up with that. But <laughs> So funny. And I want to talk about, like, that was such an interesting time because um, we were, we had things in common. Like, we were, I felt like the last of our friend group to still be at Truman at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but very much different seasons of life. Like you were engaged and I was single. And I think that something special about our friendship is we really like bring up the positive things about each other's like seasons of life, the positive things about each other's circumstances in life. And I think that 
like you helped me see the benefits of singleness and um some of the things that like you were you were you know grieving because you were gonna lose some of those things Mm -hmm. um I feel like we're making marriage out to sound like a trap and it's 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 not not. (laughs) (laughs) um but I also think like or you helped me see some of the benefits of, of singleness. And I was like, Shanna, this is so exciting. Like you get to get married, you get to plan a wedding. Like you found your best friend, your dream guy. And so um, we had a lot of conversations like that, like reminding each other and encouraging each other of, Hey, like this is exciting. This is fun. Um, and I think that is something like special about our friendship is that we remind each other and encourage each other. Like, even though we're in different seasons, we have enough in common um, that we get to like do that. Yeah, definitely. And it was definitely very cool to uh, like, it's hard to hear when singleness is maybe like difficult for you, but in that moment, it's like encouraging to me that I get to remember like how grateful I am to be married and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that one is better than the other, but they're different and it's just easy to fall into a spot of being discontent. And so it's nice to have a friend to remind you, like, all the things that you have to be grateful for. Absolutely. And that's something I wanted to talk about is discontentment. First of all, discontentment is, like, feeling unsatisfied with your circumstances. Is that how you would define it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's something everybody experiences in different ways. Um, Always looking to the next thing or, like, not living presently. And I think that that's something we've both experienced And so maybe what's a way that you've experienced that and what's kind of been your journey through it? Because we definitely aren't there. Like we haven't figured out how to combat discontentment, but it's something we talk about a lot. Yes, definitely. I think initially after getting married, I found a lot of discontentment in material things, which was kind of new for me. Um, But like, there's this kind of feeling of like, when you're single, you can have crappy stuff. (laughs) But then when you're married, I was like, we don't have a headboard. Like, what is wrong with us? Um, You know, like you feel, I can't explain, but you feel like you need nicer things. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm an adult. I am married. I need nice bedding. I need this. I need this. And that was really difficult after first getting married and like being around other married couples was this feeling of like, I don't have nice enough things. Um, So that's definitely an area. That makes sense. So then I'm curious. I know we've talked about this a lot. What areas of your life would you say like you've struggled with being discontent? Definitely. Um, I think my future is definitely one like trying to figure out like at the time when we lived together, I didn't know where I was, if I was going to go to grad school or what I was going to study in grad school. Like I kind of played around with the idea of teaching for a little bit. And then um, through, I feel like I just need to tell the story because this happened when we lived together. So during COVID, like the March before my last semester at Truman, when the world shut down, I thought that I was going to go into teaching. So I changed my entire like course outline for Truman. And I was like, I'm going to stay at Truman an extra year. I'm going to get my master's in teaching. It's going to be great. And I had to take a class where I had to do some observation hours in the classroom. And so um, during that time, I ended up running into the speech pathologist. And that was what my undergrad degree was in, was communication disorders. Ran into her at the school that I was doing my observation hours at. And she's like, oh, it's great to have you here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, my degree's in communication disorders. And she's like, 
well, why aren't you going to grad school? And I was like, well, honestly, I don't think I'll get in because it was just very competitive. And I was like, I, I don't want to compete. I don't really care. Like, I'll just do something else. And she said, you know, if God wants you to be a speech pathologist, you'll be a speech pathologist. Just apply. And I was like, okay, what a weird comment to make from someone that I don't even know. And I really felt a nudge from God to kind of like explore that a little bit more. And so I probably came home that day and talked to you about how I was having a life crisis. And I was like, should I be going to grad school for speech pathology? And so I started looking into grad schools and found out that because of COVID, I didn't have to take the GRE. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say GED and people are like, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I mean GRE. Yeah. And so um, I didn't have to take the GRE, and which was such a godsend because I would have had to like delay my application by a year probably. And I also would have had to pay money and take the test. And so it was a blessing that I didn't have to take the GRE if I applied to certain schools. So I applied to two schools and didn't tell anybody except for like my closest friends that I was applying. And I was just kind of like, like thrown out there, like, God, if you want me to do this, like open some doors up. And so I applied and got in and um, was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I remember being really nervous because if I didn't get into grad school, I was taking a semester that spring semester after we graduated and I had no idea what I was going to do. Like I was just going to substitute teach and just kind of see what happened. And that was like definitely just a step of faith for me because I felt like my worth was in whatever I was doing. And so by not doing anything, I was like, I'm not worth anything. <laughs> and which just wasn't true. And so I really had to like trust God and felt really close to God during that time because I was praying a lot and just asking him to really guide my steps. And I remember like reading Psalm 16 and memorizing that and it really helped me through that season. So anyway, all that to say, like, I think I've looked to like a career or to my future to find contentment and I've never, you know, now I'm pursuing a master's in speech pathology and I still feel like that is not my purpose. That is not, you know, the end all be all. That's not going to satisfy my heart. Like only God can do that. Anyway, all of that to say that's one way that I think I've experienced discontentment. Another way is for sure singleness, which I think a lot of people would resonate with. It's it's hard to be single, especially when a lot of people are in relationships or when you're 20-something, a lot of people are getting engaged and married. And so that's an area that comes up randomly. And like I said before, we have not figured out the key to discontentment, but I think that our friendship yeah. has been a place where I can just be honest with you and be like, hey, I'm like really struggling in this. And you just remind me that to wait for God's best and we're going to find contentment and satisfaction in God and not in anything else. So speaking of marriage and engagement, you were like my first friend to get married after college. And it was so fun. Like everything about it. We were talking about this earlier today, like her bachelorette party, her bridal shower, like the wedding. It was just so fun, especially because... I had the privilege of living with you up until like the day you got married. And so I got to like see just you preparing your heart for marriage and just hearing your fears and um, your excitement. And so that was like so fun. But I want to know what was it like to get married right after college? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say you made that season so fun. You planned that bachelorette party. <laughs> you got me a wedding planning 
like wine glass. I mean, some of my best moments are definitely like going dress shopping and stuff with you. Um, but yeah, getting married right after college, I think at the time, like it didn't seem weird to me or I didn't seem like very young because Jordan and I had been dating uh, for two and a half years before we got engaged and then got married almost three and a half years later, like after meeting. And so, which is like pretty long in a Christian community. So <laughs> I felt like it's time we're ready. Um, and it wasn't really until afterwards that I kind of like realized how young that is for a lot of people to get married or like people at my work like to joke around and say I got married at 16. <laughs> like they're like, oh, Shanna's only 20 years old, which is not true. Um, but they give me a little bit of a hard time for it, which is funny. I will say like the difficult parts of it were certainly um, like mourning some of the things we talked about earlier which is why I'm so thankful that we got to live together because if we didn't live together in that season like I probably would never have a time in my life where I got to live with like a girlfriend you know Mm -hmm. because I love Jordan but lord willing (laughs) I'll live with him for the next 50 years Mm -hmm. and so like that year or year and a half that we got to live together is so sweet and I will always like have that to cherish. Um, But a difficult part I think is that, you know, if you get married a little bit later, you like maybe get more of those moments walking alongside uh, like living and sharing life with other women. Um, But the, the great part about getting married right after college and being young is just, we get to have all of our like memories together. Our first moments, Mm -hmm. um, we graduated college together. I even got to see my husband become a Christian. We went on our first vacations. Um, we're living in our first house. Whenever we buy a home, it's going to be our first, our first dog, you know, like that's really one of the nice things about um, getting married a little bit younger is we get to experience all these firsts together. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so um, something that we did a lot of in college was church hopping and we bounced around to a lot of churches. And so can you talk about finding a church? Because after, so we graduated um, Truman and you guys moved to Des Moines Mm -hmm. and where you live now and you were um, looking for a church. And so what was that like? Yeah. So like you said, in Kirksville, we church hopped all the time, which is so funny because you church hopped with us. Like we literally <laughs> went to every single church together, um, which I think we had like five in our duration in Kirksville, uh, like five that we actually went to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we tried more. <laughs> we did. Um, but I think we had church hopped for so many years in Kirksville that when we moved to Des Moines, it almost felt like we didn't need to do that. Like we didn't feel this sense of like FOMO Mm -hmm. of like, oh, we need to find the best church. Um, So we actually literally, we've lived here a year and a half and we have only tried and been to one church and that is our church home, uh, which is really cool because one of my bridesmaids who I went to high school with, she lives in Des Moines and goes to this church and we had no reason to move here like people hate that we say that they're like why'd you move to Des Moines and we're like I don't know we just (laughs) did (laughs) and no one's ever satisfied with that answer but it is the truth like we literally had no reason but my high school friend Lindsay was living in Des Moines and she had graduated she had a job and she was like I love the church I go to and that was like great we're gonna (laughs) move there Mm -hmm. Um, which is really funny. So we moved here and immediately like tried the church that she was going to, which we had like checked it out online and like listened to some sermons and stuff before we even moved here. 
And that first time, it's a pretty big church. As we were walking out, the pastor like stopped us and asked us questions and invited us to his house that week for a Bible study. And we were nervous as could possibly be. We thought we were both going to be sick because we're both introverts. But we went and we showed up and we met a bunch of friends and never looked back. Yeah. And that's something like when I look at your guys' life here, I'm like, wow, you've only been here a year and a half. Crazy that it's been that long, though. Like, that went really fast. (laughs) Um, And your social lives are, like, booming. Like, you guys hang out with a lot of people. And so um, how do you – or, like, what's your advice maybe to people who have moved to a new place or are just, like, seeking friendships with other people? What has that looked like for you and what would be your advice to them? Yeah, I would say for us – it is really scary to meet new people. I don't, I think both of us would say we're not good at it. Um, so we were terrified to like show up to a Bible study where we knew nobody. Uh, but we just trusted that that's where God wanted us to be and what he wanted us to do and stepping out and like with that faith definitely paid off. And then I think the other piece of advice other than just doing scary things to make friends would be giving people multiple chances. Mm -hmm. I think it was like really easy for me to step into a room, have a conversation with somebody and immediately think, no, like that person, (laughs) they're great, but they're probably not going to be my friend or we wouldn't hang out with them. And in the last year and a half, a lot of those people that I was like on first impressions didn't vibe with, Mm -hmm. those are the people that we hang out with now that are good friends. And they just, we needed some extra time. And, um, so I think that's something that I definitely learned and would encourage other people to do is like, especially if you're around other Christians and you have the same belief system Mm -hmm. that will bond you together and you will find more things in common with time, but don't judge a book by its cover. Basically. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it just comes so naturally like hanging out with you. Yeah. It's just normal. We just talk about life. And so there have been many conversations in the past where I've been like, wow, that was such a good conversation. I wish we would have turned it into a podcast. (laughs) And I always joke with Shanna because if you've ever heard of the app Marco Polo, it's where you can send videos back and forth to your friends and you can watch them whenever. It's a great app. This isn't sponsored. (laughs) This is not an ad, but maybe it should be. But anyway, Marco Polo is how we keep in touch. And so we send long Marco Long ones. <laughs> I'm talking like 20, 30 minutes um, of videos just like back and forth to each other, catching up on life. And um, I always tell her when I finish listening to them, I feel like I just listened to like a Shanna podcast. And so it's fitting that she would be episode two of the podcast. <laughs> um, but seriously, this is just so fun. And something that I love about our friendship is we always go deep. We always talk about things that matter and just have deep conversations and um it's so fun and life-giving and we talk about how like we've sobbed to each other (laughs) like it's just the reality um and so thankful for you this was fun thanks for being on episode two thank you for having me our friendship is like the most beautiful thing and so thankful that the lord has brought us together and kept us together and i'm so excited to see like where you take this podcast and what happens next. Love it. Amen, sister.
Thank you guys so much for listening to episode two. This was such a fun one. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, episodes going forward are just going to look pretty random, to be honest. Um, there are people that I have in mind for future episodes, and I really just want to keep it general and talk about life. And so whether that is where someone's life has taken them, like it was with Briar, or whether it's just conversations about our current lives, like it was with Shanna, I hope to just bring listeners into this and have open conversations about life. And so thanks for listening. Tune in um, in the next few weeks for episode three. I hope you enjoyed.